0: Good evening sports fans, this is a special Rattledge in Broadcasting live commentary for Showtime Pay-Per-View Boxing Heavyweight Championship of the World, Deontay Wilder, roll tide, versus the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury. I'm your host, the Mandata Reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Radledge. And joining me tonight is Mr. Toxic Masculinity himself, the Punchy Pugilist, the man who has come back to boxing after walking away, saying boxing is a disgrace only a few short months ago. He's back tonight. We'll find out why. Ladies and gentlemen, Pat Mullen, how do you do, sir?
1: Uh, You have not seen mortified until... You've seen me watching this fight. Uh, I am only here as a favor to Mark Radulich because he wanted somebody to cover this with him. So uh, because it's Mark and I'll seriously do anything for Mark pretty much, uh, I'm going to watch this farce with him. <laughs> <coughs>
0: All right. You're not exactly expecting a boxing classic, are we, uh, Mr. Mullen?
1: Good Lord, no, this is going to be a shit show.
0: Let's get some background on these guys from your perspective. Now, you know me. I love me the heavyweights. It doesn't take a whole lot for me to get interested in a heavyweight fight. You just, th- you just throw that weight class out there and I'll come running. I've been following Deontay Wilder for a couple of years now. I watched him on a, sh- on a Showtime fight, I think when he won the world title. And I've been keeping up with him pretty much, you know, ever since. I try to watch as many of his fights as I can. I think he's got, you know, a fair amount of charisma. I think he needs to stop yelling bomb squad every five seconds because that gets annoying. Uh, what's your take on Deontay Wilder?
1: He hits really hard with a very la- real lack of fundamental skills.
0: I would say his greatest asset is his wingspan, though. I mean, the guy's got incredible reach.
1: He has, uh, I think I think it's an 83-inch reach, which is among the longest. Not the longest, per se, but among the longest you'll see among heavyweight champions.
0: And then we have the guy who knocked out the most boring champion in the history of heavyweight boxing, in my opinion. Vladimir Klitschko. Tyson Fury.
1: Didn't knock him out.
0: Didn't knock him out, but he did beat him.
1: Yeah, we'll go with that.
0: <laughs> you want to... Uh... Phyllis in here. I didn't actually watch the fight. I think I caught it the next day uh, on the internet. I, I started seeing headlines saying that uh, Klitschko had you know, lost the belts. He was the super champion, I believe, at the time. And um, so that uh, Tyson Fury had won and had shocked the hell out of me. Now, did you see the fight?
1: Oh, yeah, it was terrible.
0: <laughs> okay, what o-
1: I mean, they landed. They landed in single digits in every round, um, and that was to Fury's credit because it was the plan he wanted to use to confuse Klitschko and take him out of his game. Because he also was without his longtime trainer Emmanuel Stewart, who had recently passed. Um, so it was a good strategic move by Fury. It was boring as anything to watch and frustrating to watch, but you know, he won and he won legitimately.
0: Yeah, I've watched a lot of Klitschko's fights, including oh gosh, who was the uh, the British guy that he fought? Uh, David years. Hay. David Hay. Oh God, I watched that too. And, you know how? And I remember Dana White being so excited for that fight. He was like, "Oh, we were all watching it in the dressing room before the UFC pay per view at the time." Ugh. that was the that was the cure for uh, insomnia if I've ever seen one. So. Uh, let's talk about Tyson Fury for a moment. Now, they have spent a large portion of this pay-per-view talking about his mental health history, his uh, history with substance abuse. What's your opinion on Tyson Fury as a boxer?
1: Um, you know, he's limited. Uh, despite being a very large heavyweight, he doesn't hit particularly hard. He doesn't... Uh, box all that well. He is the definition of herky-jerky and unorthodox. But what he does have is the ability to make other people look bad. And sometimes it's easier to do that for some guys than to stand out by doing something good. It's how he won the heavyweight championship. It's how he's beaten a lot of guys who maybe on paper were technically superior to him and it's it speaks to his if nothing else his uh... idiot savant quality as a fighter
0: now i would assume strategy for wilder is to use his reach stay on the outside try to catch fury coming in fury's gonna want to keep this ugly and upfront be right in wilder's face one would assume
1: I mean, you you would think that that's the plan.
0: But who knows with these two? <laughs> it's,
1: it's it's you know it's going to be interesting. I've said going into this that I feel the one advantage that a guy like Wilder would have uh, against someone like Fury is that unlike a Vladimir Klitschko, who is going to try to think and do things a certain way, you know, Wilder's not a thinker.
0: Klitschko was a very surgical fighter. He, you know, he, was, he was very conservative with his punches. Um, I, he was very accurate, from what I remember. I mean, the, the guy when the guy threw a punch, it had purpose. I mean, he wasn't just throwing them out there for the hell of it. He, uh, he was a very, very acute strategic fighter. Um, which again made for about as much entertainment as watching paint dry. I mean, you know, I shouldn't say that because I'm sure anyone listening to this who's like a pure boxing fan is like, well, you know what, they can't all be zingers. But you know, and box- his
1: last fight with Anthony Joshua is about the best heavyweight fight we've seen in like 15 years. But
0: there, there you go.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> but you know, there's some, there's something to be said for actually you know boxing, you know, doing the sport as it's told, not just. Not just uh, throwing punches, as you might see in a Hollywood movie such as Creed 2. Let me throw
1: that out yeah, there no, real quick. Let's, let's, let's not talk about Creed 2. <laughs> um, but no, I, I do think a, a pronounced advantage for somebody like Fury, uh, like Wilder would be that rather than try to outthink Fury or predict what he's doing, he's just going to keep punching. And that's exactly what he should do.
0: Let's talk about how the card has unfolded uh, thus far. We had three previous yeah. fights. <laughs> well, we're killing time here. Uh, we're only going to cover the main event tonight. So if you're listening to this uh, after the fight has concluded, you know we're only doing live commentary for Wilder versus Fury. We've had three fights already take place. Uh, I can't even remember who was in the first fight. <laughs> but it ended in round one.
1: Yeah, British guy against guy from Jersey who liked to stick his chin up.
0: Yep. He got knocked on his ass, and the referee said, you're done. The um, interesting thing about that, <coughs> the guy from Jersey looked like he was going to get up. And then he, as he was getting up, he seemed to have lost his footing and then went back down again. And at that point, the ref said, yeah, you're done. And the guy's like, no, but I can still fight. i just, you know, a little dizzy. I'm a little... Just got to get my feet under me. And the ref said, no, 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 you're, you're done. They, you know, I was, I've been saying this all night on Instant Messenger. I do, I don't know if you have any insight on this or not, but they, the referees now are so quick to stop a fight, you know, stop, you know protect a fighter from themselves, from, you know, from brain damage, whatever the, the case may be. And I think as a casual fan, sometimes you look at these and go, come on, man, he, the guy was still in the fight. You know, whether or not he was going to win the thing remains to be seen, but he didn't look like he was, you know, as they would say in mixed martial arts, he didn't look like he was uh, in a situation where he couldn't uh, defend himself. You know, he couldn't intelligently defend himself. But you saw the same knockout that I did. What did you think of it?
1: No, good stoppage. If you look at how his footing was when he was getting up, and the referee is going to have a better perspective of this than we will because. He was basically leaning on the referee to try to regain his footing. Uh, He got clipped pretty good right before that knockdown with a right hand that had him out on his feet, literally. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Joe, uh, uh, Joyce from England, literally hit him with a counter right hand, had him completely out of it, and backed away rather than immediately pounce on him. I don't know whether that was because he either thought uh, his opponent was faking it or that he... Didn't actually hurt him that bad didn't recognize it, but he backed away and the guy was completely defenseless. So he went back in, hit him with one left hook on a counter, uh, and he was really out of it when he went down. His eyes were wide as he went down uh, and then was not sure-footed getting up. And I didn't mind that stoppage at all. I think the audience that Mark is speaking to are people who are more familiar with boxing from Rocky than they are from actual boxing.
0: it's a fair point. They're showing backstage uh, footage now, of both uh, Tyson Fury and... Yeah, why is Deontay Sk-
1: Wilder dressed for an orgy?
0: <laughs> yeah, he does look like he's wearing his eyes wide shut costume. I yeah. don't... I don't... Mm-hmm. Again, I... The, the,
1: people... Look Different at the, kind of bomb squad.
0: <laughs> people look at the WWE and they see the success they've had with the pageantry and they try to emulate it. And, you know, more often than not, it's a swing and a miss. I don't think people really understand what makes the WWE. I, I, I'm going to go with tick, but uh, certain you know. More, lately, I'm not, not not even sure they're uh, they're ticking, but that's a whole other but, conversation.
1: On the plus side, if you listen to us, that means you're not hearing Moro Ranallo.
0: He actually, what was it that I got so annoyed with earlier? Was something about fisting? A
1: fiesta of fisticuffs. <clears throat>
0: Yeah. No, it was fisting. It was like a, it was fisting is a fisting fiesta or something like that. Fisting <coughs> fiesta, was that it? Yeah. I'm gonna go back through my notes here. I
1: I'd like I'd like there to be a fisting fiesta in Moro and Allo's face.
0: <laughs> yeah, you have gone on record many times saying Allo is terrible.
1: Yeah, he's the drizzling shits. You literally have a commentary booth available with Al Bernstein, Steve Farhood. Paulie Malignaggi, what the fuck do you need this shit clown for?
0: <laughs> fisting he's festivities.
1: The, he's the fucking worst.
0: <clears throat> fisting festivities, That's that was what he said earlier. Yeah, I'd and like I,
1: fisting festivities in his butthole. He was probably would though.
0: I was going to say, there had to have been a producer backstage at Showtime that just threw his clipboard at that point and said, fuck, fuck this, I'm going home.
1: Throw it at that shit bag. God, I hate <laughs> it.
0: Moving on, we had another heavyweight bout. We had uh, Luis Ortiz versus... um, Travis,
1: the the serial rapist, Kaufman.
0: (coughs) Yeah, talk about that real real quick. What did Kaufman do exactly?
1: So back in 2007, Travis Kaufman was arrested outside of a middle school for picking up a 12-year-old girl that he allegedly statutory raped. Uh, Now, initially, he pled guilty to this charge for the appeal of a reduced, uh, sentence, and then decided that, oh, no, my lawyer lied to me, and I didn't know I was gonna have to do time on it anyway, so I'm, I'm revoking my plea, and that, but everybody pretty much acknowledged, what the hell are you doing picking up a 12-year-old girl who's not your (laughs) relative at a school, uh, so yeah, fuck that guy, uh, I'm glad Louis Ortiz punched him in the nuts quite a few times tonight, and I'm glad he beat the shit out of him and knocked him out.
0: Now, Luis Ortiz has already lost once to Deontay Wilder. Yeah. But he won by knockout tonight in the 10th round. Where does that place him in the heavyweight rankings, and what's next for Luis Ortiz?
1: Um, As long as he passes his drug test, which is a big if. Um, you know, he's already... If, if Fury wins this fight, I think he's in a good place because then he becomes a logical challenger to Tyson Fury by virtue of winning on the same card. If a fight cannot be worked out with the only real heavyweight who's worthy of being called a great heavyweight fighter right now, Anthony Joshua.
0: Okay. Uh, then we had heard. <coughs> I'm apologize for the coughing. I'm still getting over being sick. We had heard versus some British guy. Europe. Yeah, <laughs> some fellow from Europe.
1: Yeah. So this fellow from Europe had already been knocked out by a fighter named Liam Smith. Uh, some people may know Liam Smith as the guy who fought Canelo Alvarez um, and was beaten pretty easily by Canelo Alvarez. who uh, That was Canelo's uh, post-drug uh, test comeback fight. Uh, Liam Smith is not a tremendously gifted fighter, nor is he heavy-handed, but he had knocked this guy out. So had Jared Heard done anything but knock this guy out, it wouldn't have looked good. Uh, but he did. He knocked him out with a right uppercut. My my issue with Jared Hurd is that he came out of a great fight with Irislandy Lara. I didn't think he won the fight. I thought he fought well late and closed stronger, but I didn't think he did enough to win. He got the fight on the cards. Okay, good. Then immediately ran away from a rematch with Lara and said he wanted to take bigger and better fights, and this is what he comes up with. <laughs> then, in the post-fight, we got a little standoff between him and the other junior middleweight titleist, Jermel Charlo. Charlo saying, let's do it. Let's set a date. Heard firing back saying, well, I already called you and tried to set a date. and You didn't want to do it. And then admits that he wants one more fight before he fights Jermel Charlo. Yes. Yeah, like, some... what, are you, what are you doing here?
0: Something about uh, too many southpaws in a row wants to take on a righty.
1: Yeah, ridiculous. <coughs> and that sound you just heard is the sound I make at the thought of actually covering this fight.
0: <laughs> We're going to get through this despite my uh despite my cold. We're going to get through this tonight.
1: And Fury does the giant entrance stepping over the top rope.
0: Ah uh, yes, the girls are dancing uh, in the audience, waving the British flag.
1: He's got Ricky Hatton with him. That's not a good sign. <laughs> Jesus.
0: All right, and shortly uh, coming out next should be Ming the Merciless
1: in full orgy gear. <laughs>
0: what? What do you think about the state of heavyweight boxing in twenty eighteen, Pat? I know it's. Uh, I mean, for, the, for 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 years now, Klitschko has been at the top of it. There were Klitschko fought most of his fights like on Epics. Uh, most of his fights were either in England or Germany. Not a whole lot here in the United States, if any if I, that I can recall. Um, you know, the the, the focus of in boxing was definitely on the Mayweather's and the Pacquiao's and you know, the lighter weight classes. Heavyweights seemed to be uh and non, and non-issue. We've got so th- this as a production seems to be an effort to, in terms of marketing, seems to be to try to put some light back on the heavyweight division, bring you know bring the casual viewers back to boxing, back to heavyweight. Yeah, don't boxing. worry,
1: this fight will fix that.
0: <laughs> okay, so you you think this was a wrong turn for uh, for Showtime and boxing at large, huh? This is going to turn people away from it.
1: This is going to be Geraldo at Al Capone's vault. Okay. That's... Yeah. These guys are not good. There's not a nice way to say it. <laughs> Fury, Fury is a herky-jerky stylist who specializes at making other people look bad, and Deontay Wilder hits hard, and that's it. This fight is going to make people who don't understand how good Vladimir Klitschko was, or his brother Vitaly, who I think was even better, just didn't get to shine in the spotlight as long due to the recurring uh, shoulder injuries and his determination to help his native Ukraine via the political war room. Um, I, I think they're going to appreciate how good these guys were because you're going to see a demonstrative drop-off in the talent level when you see these two fight. And again, you know, neither one of these guys wants to fight Anthony Joshua. I don't even think one of these guys wants to fight Shannon Briggs.
0: Who the hell is J-Rock?
1: I don't know. I don't know why Deontay Wilder is dressed as a cross between, (laughs) like, uh, a Batman villain and an orgy grandmaster. This is terrible. This is so...
0: He kind of looks like one of the Skeksis from The Dark Crystal.
1: Yeah, there's there's that too. I... uh, Oh, God. This doesn't start well at all. You got Ricky Hatton in one corner and ugh.
0: And Skeletor in the other.
1: That's not even Skeletor. thats God, he's dressed for an orgy. <laughs> he's, he's the parade leader in eyes wide shut with you know the password. And this is terrible. This is and this rapper out with him is just cementing every bad stereotype of a boxing entrance that we saw in like the Great White Hype. But at least they had the sense to get Method Man and Red Man who were actually good at what they did.
0: Mm, True. I have to, you know, I don't know. I feel like this, you know, I'm going to use a Bruce Prichardism here.
1: (coughs) (coughs) And then the bell rang? And
0: then the bell rang, you know, and things will be different. But I think going into this, I think there are casual viewers who think this looks pretty cool. I mean, you and I don't. This is, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. But the, I don't, when somebody brought, to, brought him that costume or when he suggested, you know, I, I kind of want to look like this and this is what they came back with him with, I would have been like, you know what, I'll just come out in a fucking robe. It's fine.
1: Like, you know, for someone who's always talking about Alabama, Alabama, and today you had the Alabama Crimson Tide football team win the SEC championship and basically secure first place in the college football playoffs, you think maybe he would have done something to kind of correlate with that? Yes. No, nope. he's looking for a safe word. You know,
0: <laughs> you know, if you want to try to ape wrestling, come out in a glittery red robe. You know, the be old-looking Crimson Tide-ish. Can, you know, uh, do, basically do the Alabama version of Ric Flair.
1: And, and then let's also point out that coming into this fight... You know, Wilder's coming off his career best win over, you know, Luis Ortiz, who we saw earlier on the show. Ortiz is a good fighter who gets very lazy, and that's how he lost to Wilder. Tyson Fury is coming off of three significant fights, one with cocaine addiction, one with obesity, and one with some dude who was not even ranked that it was a comeback fight against that he looked awful. Um, This is a farce in every sense of the word. The
0: commentators were talking earlier about how um, the weight loss may negatively affect Tyson Fury if Deontay Wilder attacks the body. What's your opinion on that?
1: I I don't really see it. Um, That's more a case of guys who actually have to cut weight to weigh in at a certain level, who've struggled. Um, When you cut your weight too fast to reach the weight limit and you have to maintain that weight through camp and that, um, it it can drain you physically because you're constantly trying to burn those calories and keep the body leaner and less active and you're functionally making yourself weaker. Um, A notable case of this would be Roberto Duran when he fought Wilfred Benitez for the junior middleweight title in 1982. Uh, Duran had notably had very, very hard struggles with his weight and was constantly ballooning up. And for that fight, he cut weight very, very early to make sure he would be in shape and weigh in correctly but it had the adverse effect of taking a lot of the steam out of his punches. His reaction times were slower, and he didn't have the muscle or oomph behind him that he would have had if he cut that weight much more gradually rather than a big cut and having to maintain keeping that weight off. Fury is not in a position where he had to weigh in at any type of given weight limit, so it's much more a case of him just getting to a weight where he feels comfortable and functional. Uh, So I don't think it's going to affect him in that way. And and again, like I talked about before, Tyson Fury's not a tremendously hard puncher anyway. He's much more a herky-jerky, make-you-guess-and-make-you-walk-into-silly-things-that-you-shouldn't type of fighter.
0: You think Triple H is going to sue Deontay Wilder for gimmick infringement with that get-up?
1: I don't think Triple H would want himself associated with something that looks that silly. (laughs) It's basically... The, and actually you've made it, now it's, it's more the love child of Triple H and Ric Flair's attires uh, all in one there, yeah, and they, you get a, like, vulture king.
0: Yeah, I, I can, I'm starting to see it now, where, like, he watched uh, a lot of wrestling and was just like, oh, you know how Triple H, you know, he's the king of kings, I want a crown and I want a mask like Triple H. He's like, yeah, but how about, how about a robe? But yeah, like Ric Flair, and again, it's just, they don't really understand what it is they're doing. <laughs> uh, there are like old timers watching, you know, who, who've been watching boxing their entire lives. I guess old timers at this point would be like Tyson era, you know, the guys who were adults in the Tyson era who are looking at this going, "What the hell has happened to my sport?" Tyson, as weird as he was, was not coming to the ring in crowns and stupid masks and vulture robes.
1: Yeah, no, no. he was coming in with the towel, and I I can't really describe what this is. Even your more flamboyant entrances, like, Hector Camacho made more sense than what I saw here from Mm. uh, Wilder. Fury being subdued uh, is actually scary.
0: Yeah, he looks like he's waiting for the pageantry to, to, to end here so we can get on with the show. As we see the stats here, 27-0 for Tyson Fury, 19 KOs from Manchester, England. All right, it looks like... Uh, Tyson Fury is uh, keeping loose there. You know, he's hopping about, getting ready for this fight. So has his t-shirt on, though, which is weird.
1: Well, he did just battle obesity, Mark.
0: <laughs> Gotta hide those stretch marks. Actually, it doesn't look too bad for a guy who had to, I guess, what, what, drop 150, 200 pounds?
1: I just, I I don't,
0: I don't, fight, what was that, Pat? I'm just, I'm just so All right, we're having a little trouble here, Pat, there we got a kind of a crap connection. I'm sure it'll restore itself. We ha- we went through this earlier in the week with. Uh, Robert Winfrey, too. I'm sure it'll fix itself momentarily. Uh, In the meantime, okay, we are about to get it on here. We're doing introductions. Everyone's finally taking off their costumes. (laughs) Uh. Pat will be back with us in just one moment. And here we go. Round one. Deontay starts with a shot to the body. Yep, I can see what you mean by herky jerky. It looks like Tyson Fury is having some sort of a fit or a stroke. His hands are just everywhere. Deontay was.
1: uh you know, this is a game that Wilder can't afford to play. He can't afford to make Fury you make him have to guess where he's going to be and play that guessing game. He's got to just keep punching. Get use that jab. Work towards Fury. Cut him off. Put him in position to land some bombs.
0: What? <laughs> Tyson Fury boxes like a cartoon character.
1: Yes, he's what you would see in Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Same movement <laughs> levels, same speed, same patterns. Same facial and expressions. Is, yeah, this is what he does. He makes these stupid motions to try to take guys out of their game. And like I said, because, and because Wilder's not your classic pugilist who tries to analyze an opponent, pick his weak spots, find them, make him bite on feints. he's known for just going and throwing haymakers and big punches and loading up and trying to knock a guy out he needs to do that because if he starts playing this stupid guessing game with Fury, he's going to look bad.
0: What do you think of Deontay Wilder's speed? I mean, right there, he slipped a whole series of punches there, which which does beg the question, you know, if he, you know, if he can uh, tire Tyson Fury out by making him throw all all this nonsense at him and nothing lands, eventually, you know, he's going to start dropping his hands in the later rounds and be easy pickings for a power puncher like Deontay Wilder.
1: I have a question for you, Mark, and I'll ask it while... And and there's a good right hand by Fury inside. Uh, And there's each man with a left, Wilder over the top, Fury downstairs. Where are each of these guys' chins as they're standing in front of each other?
0: Uh, Sticking straight out.
1: Yeah. Doesn't that say a lot? (laughs) (laughs) This is a fight for... This is the heavyweight fight, and both of these guys, and, and scarily less so Fury than Wilder... They're sticking their chin straight out in the air, and when they quote-unquote slip each other's punches, they're really just pulling their head back with their chin pointed outward. Mm-hmm. That is asking to be hit by something significant, especially when you're a heavyweight.
0: All right, top three heavyweight boxers, in your opinion right now, and I, I have a funny thing I know exactly who you're going to say. Uh, but top three, Oh, top three.
1: good right hand by Tyson Fury. Mm-hmm. Connects before the bell.
0: Yeah, it looks like Deontay, Wilder well, I'd almost have to give that round to uh, Fury. And, Deontay, and this,
1: is, this is the Fury pattern.
0: Yeah, Deontay Wilder was starting to have some issues there at the end. He took some pretty heavy hits. Uh, top three boxers that can knock either one of these guys out right now.
1: Glass Joe, King Hippo, Piston Honda.
0: <laughs>
1: Very good, Pat. <laughs> not hitting not on any of them.
0: So mentally speaking, you have to wonder. You know, Deontay Wilder uh, can stay in the mentally can stay in the fight after a round like that. You know, where he's able to see the thing about Deontay Wilder up up to this point is that he has been able to use his size, his stature, and his punching power to bully opponents and you know and and mow over them. You know, now he's as you said, he's not a a, he's not a, a thinker as a boxer. He's not a strategic fighter So you have to wonder if you know Mentally how shook he is Dealing with a guy that he can't mow over
1: But see he's not fighting that Style right now that's the problem It's almost as if he wants to prove That he is a good boxer When he's not and that's what's leading To him walking into these traps And almost second guessing himself When Fury does his little stupid motions And, and movements and taunts Wilder's best weapon is his right hand, right over the top. Mm-hmm. We have barely seen that punch, and Fury's keeping his left hand very low.
0: Wilder might again might be wanting to keep some of his best weapons in reserve for later rounds when Tyson Fury uh, again might that lactic acid starts to set in, you know, he's uh, starting to breathe heavy, that sort of thing, and he becomes easy pickings.
1: Well, I'll say this for Wilder, though. I don't know that that's necessary for him because if nothing else, he's always in tremendous shape. This is a guy who I haven't seen get dead tired, dog it. You know, he knocked Luis Ortiz down and out late in the fight. So he has that reserve to call on. He's not, he's a big heavyweight, but he's not a heavy heavyweight. Mm -hmm. He only comes, he came into this fight at 212 pounds, tremendously light for today's heavyweights, especially on a six foot seven frame. So I don't think there's any question about where his conditioning is in terms of needing to call on power late in the fight.
0: Yeah, he's got that John Jones frame to him.
1: Yeah, and you look there and, and you see and he, that he slipped, quote-unquote. The series of jabs from Fury gets hit with an awkward right hand underneath, but he slipped him by sticking his chin in the air. I got to
0: say, you get a real boxer in there and both of these guys would be in trouble, huh?
1: Yeah, there's this guy named Anthony Joshua you might have heard of.
0: That's what I was looking for.
1: Yeah, he, he's going to knock either of these guys out in short order. And, and again, Anthony Joshua's not a perfect fighter. He had a give-and-take war with a much more uh, ready Vladimir Klitschko, but still came off the deck and won it and finished him in impressive fashion. And now you see Fury switch to Southpaw, which he always gets in trouble doing. Wilder hit a little bit of a left hand over the top, and Fury held on.
0: Whatever happened to Povetkin? He was the uh, thing for
1: Sasha Povetkin uh, lost to Teddy Atlas as his trainer, and then he lost to Vladimir Klitschko.
0: Right. Moving on. Yeah, he was the thing so, for a, He was a thing for a few minutes.
1: Yes, he was. And he's, he was a good heavyweight, but he just lost his way, lost some key fights. And I think oh. we see... There, there we see it. Wilder finally unleashes a right hand... I think Wilder had a better round than the first round, but I again, this is what Tyson Fury does—he makes guys look bad.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't see him taking a tremendous amount of damage in that round, but I didn't. But until the very end there with that flurry, I really didn't see him doing much of anything either. He no. he, he seems utterly flummoxed by, as you call it, the herky jerky style of Tyson Fury.
1: You know, and it can be a frustrating thing to be somebody who has to deal with that because you're wanting to fight your fight and apply your craft, and this guy just won't allow it with these awkward movements and unorthodox tech turns and, and angles he takes. But the way to do that is to constantly attack. Don't make him, you know, don't let him see that he is confusing you because right. then he will use it to his advantage as we start round three.
0: And yet now this does bring up questions about Deontay Wilder's camp because that should have been the first thing his coaches should have worked on. You know, when they, when they he's got him in there sparring, whatever, find some really odd, you know, find some sparring partners with really odd styles or instruct them that, you know, they, to emulate the Tyson Fury. This is all he should have been working with. And I'm not getting the sense that that's what happened here.
1: No, and to be fair, as Tyson Fury pops a jab home, it's very difficult to emulate this type of style. You're not going to find five guys in the gyms real easy who can mimic what Tyson Fury does. Mm -hmm. It's a style all his own. It's, you know, a name like as Wilder gets in with a left jab there, a name like the Gypsy King is suitable for him because it's, it's very gypsy what he does.
0: Yeah. He is certainly one of a kind. My goodness, I've never quite seen anything like it. It's it's, it's ugly. It's it's bowling shoe ugly, but I can see where it's effective.
1: Uh, yeah, it's it's a style predicated on making the other guy look bad.
0: Tyson Fury kind of boxes like my son play wrestles, like he's just jumping all over the place. You know, I mean, the only thing I haven't heard, i I, am granted, I have the TV on mute, but if Tyson Fury says, here comes my super-duper kick, then he'll be just like my son.
1: He pretty much does that (laughs) more. Terrific.
0: I'll have to to show Jonas this tomorrow.
1: I've seen Wilder go to the body twice with right hands in this round. That's something he would be well-served to continue doing on a regular basis.
0: That's how he started the fight. He started the fight attacking the body. And He's he seems-
1: clearly having a hard time connecting solidly on Fury upstairs. Hmm. And when he d- chases in like that, he gets hit with counter shots.
0: I love the uh, the taunting on on Tyson Fury when he puts his hands behind his back and kind of just gives him this goofy smile. And Deontay Wilder doesn't know what to do with it. Because right, Deontay Wilder, I'm sure, would like to pull a gun from his shorts right now and shoot him when he does stuff like that but he can't, and he doesn't know what to do with those openings, but he hates it. He absolutely
1: hates it. Well, and that's part of him being what he is. And there's another right hand by Tyson Fury through the guard. You know, Fury, Fury, when he landed that right hand at the end of the first round, he really put everything he had into it, and that was by design. It goes in where you have to put that idea into a guy that you can hurt him. Because otherwise, he's not going to respect what you do.
0: Tyson landed a shot there in the gut. I'm not entirely sure how much of an impact it made, but it was there. The the glove touched his abdomen.
1: And I would actually give round three to Fury. On my card, I have rounds one and rounds three for Tyson Fury. Round two to Deontay Wilder.
0: Yeah, I would suspect you're right. Um, The judges, I'm sure, gave it three rounds to Canelo.
1: Yeah, and we'll see the replay here. Sneaks a hook past the guard, and you see the right hand through the other side as Wilder tries to put his earmuffs up. And that's what Tyson Fury is going to do successfully against Wilder when Wilder is waiting on him rather than just punching. When he gives Tyson Fury that that I-don't-know-what-to-do look, Tyson Fury moves one way and punches. And even if it's not the most devastating stuff he's he's hitting Wilder with, He's hitting Wilder, and he's not getting hit in return.
0: Right. So what do you think the corner is saying to Deontay Wilder right now? Or what they've said?
1: I can tell you what I would be telling him, and if I were the referee right now, I'd be making them take some of the grease off of Wilder because there's an excessive amount of grease on his face. Yeah. But I would be telling him, stop waiting, start punching. Start letting your hands go, especially to the body. Because you've landed maybe one or two clean shots to his head all night long. And I know it's not tremendously deep into the fight, but you're three rounds in. You've landed maybe one or two impactful shots to the head, and you're not landing anything else. You need to start going to the body, and you need to start doing it now.
0: Yeah, you don't want. If you're Deontay Wilder and this thing goes to a decision, you really don't want to give away too many rounds.
1: And, you know, Wilder is clearly, to me, having a hard time dealing with with a reach disadvantage for the first time we've seen.
0: You know, and, and that's the thing. It's funny you bring that up because we um, I have to stand corrected. I thought Deontay Wilder had the reach advantage. He doesn't. He's short by about two inches compared to Tyson Fury.
1: Yeah, Fury, Fury, one of the only guys who would actually, you know, top Wilder on the height and reach scale. But that's one of those things where you have to always be ready to have that happen to you. Muhammad Ali was a guy known for utilizing his reach and his length. He fought Ernie Terrell. Ernie Terrell was six foot six, With a longer reach than Ali, Ali found a way to get in and get home on him quickly. And there, Wilder landed a short little left hook to the nose of Fury, probably one of the first solid connections he's had since round two. But again, this is a, showing a lack of skill on Wilder's end and showing that he's much more a puncher than he is a boxer. And Fury again just giving him those sidesteps and shuffles and when he does that, Wilder's response is to either put his earmuffs up or drop his hands and duck away. He should be punching when Fury does that.
0: There was that long right hand unfortunately did not find a home for it. Just no, sick. he
1: doesn't he doesn't have the range down.
0: Lots of fainting between these two. Before one of them finally throws a
1: punch. Well, oh, and and that's that's advantageous to Fury. Fury with those head and shoulder fakes, the side steps—that's what he wants. He wants you to play a guessing game with him.
0: You know, as I as I watch this closely, Deontay Wilder is kind of terrible. And here's why I say that: he went to the body; his head was sticking straight up. He wasn't tucking his chin at all. Like, had Tyson Fury actually, you know, maybe clicked him with a, sh- with a short hook or an uppercut, he'd have, he'd have been rolling on the canvas.
1: And again, now, he's had multiple opportunities where he's actually cornered Tyson Fury, and he lands a wild left there Fury with a short little right hand, not much on it in return. But he's had multiple opportunities where he's cornered Fury, and Fury literally has fainted his way out of the corner. And they're not good, intelligent, intelligent faints. He's literally just flexing shoulders and popping back and forth. And I I would give that last round to Wilder based on not necessarily effective aggression, but that was one of those rounds where Tyson made him look bad, but he didn't do a whole lot in return, as we see the Black Panther and A.C. Slater talking at ringside. (laughs) I I think if you're Mark Breland, you cannot be happy with Wilder's performance here.
0: No. Almost timid,
1: and and that's the why. This is an interesting mix we're seeing uh, with these two. It's not about who's good. It's who's going to be less terrible. <laughs> look at look at that replay there. How did each guy react? With hands down and chin up.
0: Yeah,
1: I that's mean, awful.
0: I, I it's rare at this level of boxing you can see a complete lack of fundamentals.
1: They're telling you that this is the heavyweight fight, and these are the two heavyweights, and these guys have such a fundamental lack of skills and technique. It's really embarrassing. This is like watching the UFC.
0: <laughs> and you know, and it's funny because sometimes with the you know when you say the lack of fundamentals with the UFC, you have to remember these guys are also looking out for things like leg kicks, uh, take you know. Um, sh- shooting in on the legs, that sort of thing, and so you know, what you can sort of you can forgive certain things, you know, because you're you're on the lookout for all these different attacks from all over your body. There's no Fury, excuse, Fury, no excuse in boxing.
1: Fury got in a little left hook. while Wilder tried to respond. Fury kind of awkwardly danced out of the way. <laughs> this the kind way I'll describe it. Fury again with weird. Shoulder fans backed Wilder up. And there's another left hook around the earmuffs. Uh, and another one now. He's got Deontay biting on that each time.
0: You know, one of the things I've also noticed while watching this, neither one particularly enjoys using the jab. Like like the your, your single biggest weapon in, in boxing, or the most common weapons, most effective, and neither one of them seems to want to use it.
1: In fights where Fury's been a little more active, the jab has been the punches primarily worked behind because of that six foot nine frame, which you would think would only make sense. Wilder has been using the jab more in his last few fights, but against guys who haven't made him guess with it. They've been right there in front of him where it's very easy to land a jab. Fury's not making it easy for him to land the jab, and he's giving up on it. But that's but, and, and
0: that's the thing. Deontay Wilder should... The jab should be used to get that t- to be able to load up that right
1: hand. That and also the jab should be used to take away the distance that Fury keeps. The right. the way to, the way to take away distance from a larger guy or a, I should say a man with a superior reach advantage is when they jab, you jab with them. And each time you're able to peck closer and closer with it. But because of Fury's limited use of the jab, Wilder can't do that, but he's also just not using his jab in general. And when you can't jab a guy to the head, you jab at his chest. But look at Fury with a combination after Wilder can't find his range yet again. And, you know, here's the funny part to me. If I'm Wilder and I get on the inside, I want to let my hands go. Wilder's so used to not fighting on the inside and keeping guys outside and bombing them with long shots. He's lost when he gets in there and he immediately backs out.
0: Okay, Wilder's getting really frustrated, and at this point, this is a tough man contest. I mean, he's yeah, just, and, and he's not just, in a good way. No, he's just he was just winging punches right there at the end of the round out of frustration,
1: and he didn't land any of them. I, I no. give round five to Tyson Fury. Um, so on my card, it's a three-two score. I could see it four-one for Fury, and you got to think that Jim Gray is at ringside with Floyd Mayweather. You've got to think Floyd Mayweather's trying his best not to laugh. <laughs> you have the the technical tactician of technical tacticians, boxing's version of the excellence of execution, and he's watching, you know, uh I don't even know what to compare it to. This is just terrible. I'm
0: sure he's turned around once or, once or twice to you know, wondering, am I at a showtime pay per view or is this so you know? This is some sort of WWF event? What's go- doesn't quite isn't quite sure what's happening here. I think he might have asked somebody if he was being punked.
1: The wheels are probably turning. Can I actually beat one of these guys? How much <laughs> what, if,
0: what if there were no weight classes? I'm just wondering.
1: That'll promote one, the big show against one of them since they're friends. I don't know. <laughs> um, here we are in round six, and a lot of people felt that if if Wilder was going to win this fight. It was going to be within that six round that first six round window um, because of the potential of him not playing Tyson Fury's game and just punching through this awkwardness. Instead, he's gotten caught up in it and is trying to you know prove himself to be some kind of superior boxer when it doesn't even look like he can win the local Golden Gloves.
0: One of the things that's happened in the last round or so with Wilder. Well, really, the whole fight is he's not throwing a lot of combinations. It's kind of a punch here, a punch there. He's really he's he's doing this thing where, you know, it's it's almost like movie boxing where he's looking to just take him out with one punch. You know, and not entirely sure why. This is what I mean by like like he won't effectively use this. He won't use the jab
1: at all. He it's just from a it's a lack of knowledge and a lack of preparation. And now we see uh, Theory actually back him up mm-hmm. and push him back. and That is definitely not a good sign when you are able to, as the, and the way you'd say it would be the lesser puncher of the two, and the guy who does not need to be the aggressor, push him back and dominate him.
0: Yeah, instead of backing up like that, Wilder really should have stayed in the pocket – and uh, and worked worked inside, not let him get bullied into the ropes that way.
1: but but again, this is from again his his unfamiliarity with being in that position and not knowing what to do. You're talking about a guy who's forty fights into his career. this would be forty one and he doesn't know how to fight on the inside.
0: No, he's been very dependent on his reach, I would imagine. And let's face Which, it. The pro a lot of the problems with heavyweights is you're not getting a lot of tacticians. You're you're you get a lot of guys that rest on their power punching, and so it becomes kind of a war of attrition as to who can land a, who can land the most bombs first.
1: And bombs are not Fury's game. Fury's going to frustrate you with you know little flurries here and there. And uh, now I have a I have a friend who's watching the fight from. With, from uh, his place in Vegas, and he said Floyd. And he said Floyd Mayweather on commentary called Deontay Wilder a one-trick pony, looking <laughs> for his right hand over the top. And yep. he's absolutely right. Yep. And there he threw two jabs in succession for the first time, and I don't know how long, but it, it almost worked for him. He connected a little bit on the second one, and he needs to do more of that. But when he gets to the last thirty seconds of the round after he's been flurried and peppered, it's not going to win in the round, because I've got that one for Fury again. As we see Brooklyn in the house, Rick, Big Daddy, Bo at ringside. You, you can't
0: have an entitled attitude where, you know, the your opponent won't fight the fight you want him to fight, so you, you, you just get frustrated, and I mean, it's like the definition of insanity. He keeps doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, And he's losing the fight on points.
1: His trainer, Mark Breland, is perhaps the greatest American amateur boxer of all time. Breland had, you know, an obscene record of like 155 wins and one loss as an amateur. When Breland made the jump to the pros, it didn't transition as well as you'd think it would because Breland couldn't adapt. And you're seeing his pupil not able to adapt. Breland was successful. Breland won the WBA welterweight championship twice. He had some memorable fights with Marlon Starling, uh, Aaron Davis. But he never reached that top level that so many had pegged for him because he just was never able to adapt his game. Wilder doesn't have the amateur pedigree, obviously, that Breland had, as we're hearing round seven. But he, what he did have was starting off with a good stroke, with that power, a, a real gift that you can't teach, Uh, large dimensions that are a gift. But he hasn't been able to adapt to when the obvious surface stuff doesn't work as Fury lands a couple of jabs, steps out very awkwardly. And we look at Steve Farhood's unofficial scorecard. Steve Farhood has only given Wilder the second round.
0: Right, which is is a, a little less generous than what you had given him, but roughly the same.
1: Yeah, I said I could have seen only one round being scored for Wilder. I gave I gave him the uh, four, if I'm not mistaken, just on inactivity mm-hmm. from Fury. But five to one certainly not out of the question. Mm-hmm. There was a slappy hook from Wilder. That's he, not something he should be throwing.
0: He's done that a couple of times uh, in, the, in the last few minutes, where he's not throwing a punch so much as he's flapping a wing.
1: Yeah, and, and that's that to me more than anything shows. How much fury's gotten him to question what he's doing? Wilder is usually not a guy who lacks commitment on his punches. His body's behind them. He's turning on, and there he got hit with a strong one too that backed him off. He's putting his body there. Into we those go. Punches. And now he's doing a little bit more of it. I think the one-two woke him up, and mm. he gets countered with an uppercut inside and tied up.
0: So what he's doing is more. He's not so much throwing uh, traditional punches as he is just clubbing. He's trying to use his reach, go over the top, and pound on top of, of Tyson Fury.
1: And Fury, to his credit, with his awkwardness, if nothing else, he scouted the right hand very well. He's usually not in position. When he sees Wilder set his feet, he moves off to the other side. And he's when the right hand has come, he's been able to slip it more often than not. And look at how he throws those punches at the... He threw a jab over the top, and then almost from a three-quarter over the top position, through a right hand. That's so weird.
0: One thing I've also noticed about, and I, and I just saw it with uh, Deontay Wilder, he's backing straight up. If, if Tyson Fury would actually use his left a little bit more, he probably would have nailed uh, Deontay because Deontay, not he went, he went straight back. He was skipping straight back, and his hands were down.
1: Yeah, Fury. Despite the name, that would make you think a certain way about his style, he's not a rigorously aggressive fighter, yeah. like Fury would imply. And again, you know, taps Wilder and then makes him throw a wild headshots that don't land. You know, and I again, I think that's clearly around for Tyson Fury that we just saw in the seventh. So my card's going to have him five two. Steve Farhood's going to have him six to one. It's getting to that point in the fight where unless Wilder and you see a good tapping left hook there from Fury on the replay, unless Wilder is able to put some knockdowns together, he's getting into must knockout territory.
0: Yeah. And That's Fury's not
1: only ne- Fury's not only never been beaten, but he's never been knocked out.
0: That's the thing is I don't I, I see this going all the way to the championship rounds I see this going to a decision, and then it's Tyson Fury the whole way I don't I don't see at this point given what we've seen so far from Deontay Wilder, I mean he's got a puncher's chance you know everyone does, but I'm not unless Tyson Fury considerably slows down at this point as we get into the later rounds, I don't see where Deontay Wilder knocks him out
1: he hasn't shown that he's capable of really putting Tyson Fury in jeopardy and when you're this deep in a fight and a fighters confidence grows the way Fury's has there's a lot less of a chance of you doing that especially when you're second guessing yourself which is visible that Wilder's doing now Deontay Wilder had a moment or two in that last round where he was able to connect with something and now see he's getting into the Fury game Fury postures, rather than punch, Wilder postures in return. That's not what he should be doing. The way to beat this herky-jerkiness is just, while he's thinking and stu- doing stupid things, I'm going to punch. And he eats a jab when he tries to match him.
0: He, had a, he had, Deontay Wilder had flurries of aggression in that past round. He needs to be doing more of that. He needs to keep putting pressure on uh, Tyson Fury.
1: Well, and again, that's the problem with being looking for one and not seeing it and not knowing what else to do. You'll you'll see each time Wilder plants his feet after a jab to throw that right hand. Fury's either moving to his own right to get away from it, moving his head down so it doesn't land, or he makes a motion, a motion or a feint, and Wilder gives up on the idea of throwing that punch.
0: What kills me about Deontay Wilder is how seemingly afraid he is of Tyson Fury's power, and I'm using that word power in quotations. Like, yeah, but,
1: it's 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 one of those things where you have to do it in context. He's a six foot nine, two hundred and fifty pound man. Even if he's not putting his whole body into a punch, you don't want it to hit you. It's, you're gonna feel it. But he's been hit harder by other guys who are putting their whole weight into these punches. As we get the one up on the. Little bolo action from Fury, um, with no punch to follow, mind you. But Wilder still backed off.
0: So Wilder is not willing to sacrifice anything to get inside and get in those, you know, those inside short hooks or uppercuts to what I was talking about before. So, and this is what I mean: like doesn't use the jab, do, isn't willing to, isn't willing to absorb a punch or two just to get inside.
1: God, I really think I could be a heavyweight champion. (laughs) And now Fury's opening up more, and it's not necessarily hurting Wilder, but it's an accumulation of all these little taps he's thrown that's starting to pile up, and it's more a case of Wilder doesn't understand how these punches are landing, and he's not landing anything.
0: You know, I, I imagine people listening to this podcast and going, wow, they're kind of repeating the same stuff. Imagine us having to sit and watch this. This is eight rounds of the same shit over and over and over again.
1: That time, Wilder almost connected with his right hand, but Fury, <laughs> again, did a good job of riding away from it. Throwing two punches in return that didn't land, but, Fury, but Wilder immediately, when they came, stopped punching and backed away. And that's another round in the books for Fury,
0: Notable heavyweight title fights
1: between an American and an Englishman. Uh, the only Englishmen who have won in those fights that they're listing are Fitzsimmons and Bruno. Of course, now we see uh, this guy named Lennox Lewis, who was pretty dominant for a while. And good old Lennox has quite a few wins over American-based mm-hmm. fighters. Uh, good Lord, Lennox Lewis must be watching this fight and thinking about a comeback. <laughs> And again, you know, it's one of those things where you have to begrudgingly respect what Fury's doing because it's working, but it's not, one, enjoyable to watch, and two, against a legitimately good heavyweight, you doubt it will work. You remember, this is the same Tyson Fury who went life and death with Steve Cunningham, who is naturally a cruiserweight. Not a tremendous puncher who actually hurt and floored Fury twice and went to a, a real knockdown drag out finale where Fury eventually finished it. But but again, against a natural cruiserweight. And it's, it's it's one of those things where like, how did this guy beat Vlad?
0: See, here's what frustrates me about about Whether it's MMA or boxing You're down on the cards Oh! We finally get a knockdown Oh, stop it
1: (laughs) And now Wilder has opened up And this is what we've been calling for Wilder pushed him, opened up Let his hands go And with the combination of both his power And Fury being off balance Which happens frequently with his stupid movements He gets knocked down Okay, will
0: this this is what I was tra- This is what I was just about to say. You're down on the cards. You're gonna lose this fight by decision. You you, you, you gotta you, you gotta get aggressive. You gotta get aggressive. You gotta be willing to take a punch. And this is what Deontay is doing. Now he's making this. <clears throat> now he's taking the fight to Tyson Fury because what else is he gonna do? He's I've not killing
1: sh- on points, and he has right. to know that. And, and you know, I really hope his corner stressed that to him. But right. here is, and now
0: Fury's opening up. Yeah, now we're starting to see a fight here. But I, I that used to drive me nuts when I would cover uh, MMA fights. So, like you know, you've lost the last two rounds, and then the guy walks in a circle for the next five minutes in the third round. It's like, what are you doing? You know, I, okay. I, if, if you are gonna if you are gonna lose, go out on your sword. <laughs> you know, go get, try try something. Get aggressive. I'm liking what I'm seeing from Deontay Wilder now. Now he's got to, you know, because you know, he's just he's taking the round with that knockdown, um, unless of course he gets knocked down himself.
1: He's done mm. more damage in this round to Tyson Fury than he has in the entire fight. Mm. And now Fury's still doing his, his game, and now he's sticking his tongue out and mm. looking like he's about to do Conalengus.
0: <laughs> right, and then Deontay Wilder is trying to keep cool, but that's not what we want at this point. If you're gonna, if you're the guy's gonna stick your tongue out, then charge forward.
1: He's not- now, I talked, about, I talked about the pacing before, how we've never seen Deontay Wilder have issues with his conditioning or anything like that. He may be having it now because of how much he's thrown, how much he's missed, and how tense he's been through the fight. Hmm. And
0: I'll tell you what, Tyson Fury looks fresh as a daisy, even, even after getting knocked down.
1: Which, he was, he was hit hard, but he wasn't hurt. And again, I think part of it is a combination of he was hit good, but he was also off balance. Yeah. And Fury's balance is never very good because of those motions he makes. You see, he takes a good left on the chin, mm-hmm. right behind the ear, and another he one. Like, and you,
0: he looked like he tripped he, over his feet is what happened.
1: Well, that's what happened. He was squaring up and twisting his upper body.
0: Yeah, that's and not just, like in the first in the first fight early in the card when the one when the uh, jersey guy got knocked out, his eyes went askew. Like his soul left his body for a moment. That's not what happened there. That was more no, like he, he happened to have been punched and fell over at the
1: same time. Which is basically what it was. And that's not to say Wilder wasn't having success. He was, he was actually landing more than we'd seen in him. He was aggressive and pushing the fight and it was a clean knockdown but it was, unfortunately, equal parts Fury's bad positioning slash Wilder landing a good, clean punch.
0: But uh, you'll, you'll notice there when I uh, when I yelled out, stop it, it was because Deontay Wilder started shimmying across the ring. It's like, all right, come on, calm down.
1: Yeah. And there was a good one-two from Fury that landed right on Wilder's chin. And he walks That Wilder comes straight in with his chin up, and he gets tapped to the left hook.
0: At some, you know, what, what kills me is he's taken a lot of Tyson Furious best punches, and h- how how do you not build some confidence that you can take these and take a few risks to get you know to to uh, to land that big right that he wants to so badly?
1: It's just having a lack of tools in your box. You know, you can have the best hammer in the world, but if the job calls for pliers or a screwdriver and you don't have them, that hammer's not going to do you any good.
0: I don't know if you just noticed that, but yeah, Deontay Wilder, tired. His conditioning, starting to fail him. This is not good. Not good for Deontay Wilder.
1: And again, part of that is part of what Fury does. You notice Wilder tense up, relax, tense up, relax. You have no idea what that does to your body and how tired that makes you when you're in a constant state of flux between tense and relax. Tense, relax, tense, relax. Constantly on edge because you don't know what your opponent's doing, and you're not smart enough to just shake it off and just start fighting.
0: Yeah, Deontay Wilder's feet look like like blocks of lead right now.
1: He's he's measuring and he gets <coughs> left, he got a left hand in there, but he's also taken some counters in this round in return, and he's not actively doing more than that. It's almost as if he lands something and misses right after. He's discouraged from throwing again, and that time. Fury actually had him cornered, but at least he was able to throw two punches in return with Wilder. What killed
0: kill me about that is that he throws. A, I'm not entirely sure if it was an overhand or sort of just a really wide hook, but he landed that left. He landed that right, and then backed out. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, he,
1: like he yeah, it's a, it's a defensive reaction. It's not to push him back. It's just to get himself out of that corner.
0: Right, but they, but he had an opening there. Is my point, and I, it's like he he's had openings to move in and he he, you know he either resets or backs up or yeah
1: it's the mindset and again if you if you don't believe in the cumulative punching of fury like taking its toll wilder does have a pretty good sized mouse over his left eye and fury has landed and look at to his credit fury there landed two shots made Wilder miss a wild return of counters, and now we get some after-the-round uh, fun.
0: If Tyson Fury decides that he wants to go into acting after what we just saw that the very last, last bit of that round with his tongue, I'm going to suggest maybe a remake of Nightmare on Elm Street where he can be Freddy Krueger.
1: Oh, God, that would, be, that would work, probably. <laughs> and and I, and I will say, again, for the record, that round, I believe, was all Tyson Fury. You have... Referee Pat Russell going over and checking in the corner on uh, Wilder's eye and his vision, and we'll see a replay here. Tyson Fury faints, Wilder puts his earmuffs up, and what does Fury do in return? If, you're, if Fury's going to see that Wilder has earmuffs up around the sides from those hooks he was throwing earlier, come straight down the middle with a 1-2, and it lands flush, both shots.
0: What are you going to do when they award the fight to Dante, Deontay Wilder?
1: Uh, no, they're going to award the fight to Canelo. <laughs> I agree. And that time, each guy was at center ring before the bell even started, which I like because it's a psychological game, and you want to take that center of the ring and control it. But almost immediately, Fury took a step back, made Wilder chase him, circled, and now Wilder is in the mode of trying to utilize outside of the ring because Fury's taking the center. And, and at this point, with Wilder's condition visibly uh, tiring, you wonder if he's just trying now to load up on one shot and wait for it.
0: That's what he's been doing Whereas, the entire fight, is, you know.
1: But that's what he's been doing out of, I think I can. Now it may be more out of necessity because he doesn't have the ability to fight consistently for a full three minute round here in the 11th.
0: He is a very one dimensional fighter, Deontay Wilder.
1: Yeah, and it's what I've said for a long time. And people are like, well, how can you deny it? 40-0, 40 know? One, because he hasn't beaten anybody other than a very uh, blasé uh, Luis Ortiz, or, or I'll call it, that performance. And two, because he's never shown anything other than I can throw right hands from a distance really hard. And he's <laughs> missing almost everything he's throwing here and yeah. walked into a right hand.
0: There's been a lot of marketing behind Deontay Wilder. There are... There are people with money in positions of power that want this guy to succeed. They are roundly disappointed, I'm sure, tonight. But, but you know, there's obviously a move to make him the face of boxing. You know, they—they, I'm sure, there's people who look at him and go, "Hmm," you know, with his punching power and his you know KO history, we could be looking at the next Tyson here.
1: He's eaten two solid jabs, and the first one actually looked like it hurt him. Mm -hmm. He dipped and backed away, and. That punch, he had a look there that was a discouraged look from trying to deal with that. That's not something we've seen from him. We've never really seen him fight through adversity like what he's seeing here. And it's not even where he's being punished necessarily. He's just been made to question what he can do. And even, and when you get popped with a jab like that and you're still questioning it, that's a tough pill to swallow.
0: Uh, needless to say, Deontay Wilder is no Mike Tyson,
1: and neither is Tyson. <laughs> this is really a case of almost human poker, in that Fury gets Delta hand, and Fury can be holding, you know, do seven, which statistically is the worst holding poker hand you can. But he'll bet his whole pot against what you have and make you guess what he's got and you'll fold right because you don't want to call him and another round in the books for fury who is aggressive more than usual wilder very little in return and he just has this look that he's resigned to kind of try to just ride out the fight and take a right hand bomb if it comes we're here in the 12th round on my card he's gotten three rounds one of which was an extra point for a knockdown. So right now I have it 107 to 101. Uh, wait, let me recheck my math. So, so eight rounds to three. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It's one 107 to one. No, whatever. Seven rounds to three. I'll do the math later. <laughs> with an extra point for the knockdown. All right. Here we go. 12th and final round. Wilder needs to put everything he has on the line. Fury needs to continue to make him question whether he has it or not and occasionally pop him with a stiff jab or a counter right hand to make him second guess himself and not load up on these shots. But this is what you don't want to see from Wilder. He backs off to start the round.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, tuck your chin, put your shoulder forward, Bum, right? You know, get in there. Use your, you know, use your right hand. Pepper, start pepper. Oh! <laughs> After all that, we now have. Now
1: a... he moves forward, drops Fury. Fury, reading the count. Is he going to beat it?
0: Yeah, we're good. He's
1: up at nine.
0: What do you hit him with there?
1: It was a left hand and a right hand. Makes Fury jog over to the neutral corner, dusts him off. Can Wilder finish what he started here?
0: Hmm.
1: He's loading up. There's uh, a big left hook, right hand. Why we waited to, for, to back.
0: Why we waited till round twelve to do this, Deontay? I don't understand your your logic here. But yeah, he is straight arms swinging at this point.
1: If you notice still- how Pat Russell broke them that time, hmm. he really had to fight to get Fury's hmm. right hand down. Fury was holding tight there. That means mm-hmm. he is rocked and he did want to hold on.
0: Oh, no, he went straight back. That was, There was no fooling around there. I mean, I, you know, before it was kind of a, like I said, it was kind of a knockdown knocked as he was, uh, you know, out of step. He, he got knocked flat on his ass there. The lights went out momentarily.
1: And he ate a left hand there to put his head back. Now, what Fury needs to do is put his best poker face on. Mm-hmm. Throw a stiff jab every so often, and not come in and pursue like that.
0: See, see, I like what Tyson's doing here. He's taking away the wanted the the one thing that Deontay Wilder can do, which is just, you know stand straight on him and start winging bombs, and hopefully something connects. He keeps tying him up. At this point, he, this is this is football, and they're just you know keep downing the ball until the, until the uh to to the, the quarter ends.
1: He's got to ugly it up. Don't keep it this distance where Wilder can uncork the right hand.
0: Right. Now he was doing <laughs> the right. He was doing the right thing. He was bowling He was bowling, head down, bowling forward, and tying him up and trying to kill as many seconds as he can. And there aren't that many left. We're, we're down to the last twenty
1: here. And he actually landed a good left hook that packed him up.
0: Well, Deontay, at least you tried. Yep, we're down to the last four seconds, and we're done here. It's the fight you wanted, Deontay, but you didn't. You did not fight your fight. You fought Tyson's fight, and you lost. Put your tongue back in your mouth, sir. Nobody wants to see that.
1: So that would be the fourth round on my card for Deontay Wilder, plus an extra two points for the knockdowns. Which 8 to 4 in rounds would normally be 116 to 112. Subtract the two points for the knockdowns, it would be 114 to 112 on my card. Uh, I believe that's as close a margin as you could probably have for Deontay Wilder. Uh, and now they embrace after their pitiful efforts. Good <laughs> lord, this is terrible. Listen, I, I know people are going to say this was a fun fight to watch. And for two rounds, it was. It's just Out fresh. of 12. It's
0: just it's just frustrating, you know. When we were doing the live commentary for Canelo and uh, Triple G, you know, we both, we, we both... A lot of similar comments to this fight where, like, you know the fighter is capable of doing more. Why aren't they doing it? And then... Uh, <clears throat> To a degree, there's the same narrative here.
1: But since that fight was fought at a high skill level,
0: well, and I was going to say that I think what I think the word "exposed," Deontay Williams, Deontay Wilder, rather, was exposed tonight as being a very one-dimensional fighter. Somebody who he he needs he needs some new trainers. He needs to rethink his uh. He needs to rethink his strategy as a boxer. That, <clears throat> that going forward, he isn't just, just going to be able to get by with winging bombs at bums.
1: Now, we should let you guys know, too, that there's going to be a point where Mark and I are going to kind of go quiet a little bit when we hear the scorecards read. Uh, because we're going to want to hear the margins on these cards. Because anything can happen. Yep. We, we both think it's pretty clear that Tyson Fury won the fight. Uh, and again, our, our, our unofficial margin was eight to four, and that was really—if you look at the knockdown—he was squared up when he got hit with the right hand, but the left hook that followed on the way down—that was the head snapper.
0: Yeah. No, and again, he—he—he legit—he <coughs> legit lost it for a second.
1: Yeah, that left <coughs> hook was really the best punch of the fight. For either guy, uh, the way it's it, it was a head snapper. He was out of it for a second and did have to get up and recompose himself and hold on. He he swatted the jab, didn't tuck himself all the way when he was squared, and he got hit clearly. But that left hook, completely unprotected, on the way down, full momentum. You can see his head snap back as he goes down.
0: The problem was Deontay Wilder waited 12 rounds too late to do that.
1: Yeah, just too little, too late, and that's problematic when you're in a twelve round fight and you lose. You I mean, know. not for nothing. There
0: was no skill involved in that, other than you know the the actual technique of throwing of throwing a punch. He just he moved in and bully and bullied his way forward, and you know and scored a few hits. I don't. I'm not seeing where he couldn't have done that in the first half of the fight. You know what I mean?
1: I, I well, he could have. But he tried to believe that he was better than he actually was. And that's a problem because it made him think he And there you see the right hand he ate later in the round off of Fury and the follow-up left hook. And that's the problem is that he thought he was something he wasn't. He thought he was a very good boxer with technical prowess who could outthink this awkward, herky-jerky guy. And guess what? He couldn't. He would have been best served by trying to just punch him and not play chess with him. Uh, really, checkers, but, you know, maybe Chinese checkers, but not yeah. chess. When I, uh,
0: you know, I said before, I said, the story the story of Deontay Wilder has really been the story of marketing. And I have to wonder, and I, and I want your opinion on this. Do you think that anybody who said, this is the future of heavyweight boxing, this is our guy, this is, a, this is the anointed one, this is our heavyweight Canelo... Do you think that any one of those people stood up and said, yeah, but he really can't box? He's, he's kind of
1: shitty. Yeah, I think a lot of people said that, and that's why if you look at the quality of his opposition through 45, that chose, And mm-hmm. if you look at the punch stat numbers there, I talked about how they only landed in single digits for the Klitschko fight in rounds. Fury through 12 rounds landed 84 punches in a 12-round fight. Eesh. Wilder landed 71. And I'm thinking, like, Half of those came in the last three rounds. <laughs> and here we go. The fight scorecards are being announced. Watch it be a draw.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is always the, the worst part of the fight for me because it's going... Because if the le- history is any Split indicator. decision, Mark.
1: Split decision, Mark. What did we say? Okay, 115, 111 Wilder. That guy didn't watch the fight. <laughs> Are you serious? 115 to 110 for Fury, second judge.
0: Draw. You're fucking kidding me. What did I say? Alright Pat, this is the part that everyone's been waiting for Your rant on how terrible boxing is
1: I mean, I'm not going to rant Because I've said it time and time again That it's a joke This proves it again uh, But quite frankly, I'm happy with the draw Because these guys are both terrible Neither guy deserves to win anything ever um, It's no. just once he improves my point That Anthony Joshua Is the only legitimate heavyweight champion of the bunch um, You know, again I told people this fight he was going to stink It stunk I told them neither guy was very good. The Neither guy is very good. And, of course, as we get to a scorecard level of this, I said they would probably screw it up and call it a draw just not seconds ago. And sure enough, here we go. One judge scored this fight 9-3 to three in rounds for Deontay Wilder. <coughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. 7-5 to five in rounds for Deontay Wilder because he didn't deduct the points. 7-5. I didn't see more than three rounds that Wilder won in that fight until the knockdown, mind you. Yeah,
0: I he wasn't watching the fight. He, he, had, he had that mapped out before the fight even started.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, Pat. We don't just, need to distract us out any longer. Um, <laughs> I got to imagine they're going to do this again at some point because why not? You know, I, it's
1: just another way of not having to fight Anthony Joshua. Yeah. But I mean, like literally that's all that's legitimately 110% of what this is. There's one excellent dominant heavyweight out there with a high skill level who beats everybody he gets put against and these two paper champions who have promotional ties to people who don't want to fight them, who don't want to fight him because they know everything goes up in smoke if they fight him. They're going to continue to keep away from him as much as they can because of that. They're going to cash these two frauds out, and I'm sorry, that's what they are. They're frauds, more so wilder than Fury, because at least Fury has a win over Vladimir Klitschko on his record, uh, and should have had a win in this fight, to be fair. Uh, You know, this is a, a joke, a farce. These guys are terrible, and this goes to show that boxing is not interested in actually producing winners and champions and the real deal it's boxing has an anointed one boxing is more is more fixed than WWE let's put it that way yeah
0: I can't disagree with any of that this is the uh, the Roman Reigns these guys are the Roman Reigns of boxing they're gonna be the champions whether you like it or not
1: yeah yeah like uh I know that these guys were terrible and I know one guy clearly should have won but you know they both suck
0: all right, Pat, uh, I don't know of any other box... I mean, we, we talked briefly about Pacquiao versus uh, Broner, and neither one of us has any interest in that. So I don't know when we're going to do this again. But I'm sure when we do, it'll be 120 to uh, 100 Canelo.
1: <laughs> maybe, we'll watch, uh, we'll watch if we, maybe we'll figure out if it's doable to watch uh, Floyd Mayweather's uh, exhibition.
0: <laughs> Floyd made weather in a gauntlet match against the entire heavyweight division.
1: Well, well, he's doing that uh, kickboxing uh, exhibition. Oh,
0: that! Oh, yeah, him and the guy from what was it? One FC. Yeah. Eh, maybe. I'm sure that'll be. I'm sure that'll be wildly entertaining. But all right. Uh, you want to do any plugs or anything? Any uh, final words here before we get out of here?
1: Uh, you can hear me on the most recent Yahoo Pigskin Pick'em Podcast with Jesse Starcher. We talk all things NFL in the past week, uh, including the fact that I am leading in both points and pick'em totals. Thank you very much. Uh, best record and most points, like I said I would, despite Yahoo once again trying to be the uh, boxing judge and inherently screw me uh, by costing me three points on a pick. That's fine, Yahoo. I see your game and I beat you anyway. Mark and I very soon will be doing another TV party tonight in the ongoing saga of Fuller House, which premieres in two weeks on Netflix.
0: You will also be joining me on a TV party tonight, a week from Tuesday. As uh, sorry, three weeks from two. Try that one more time. Two weeks from Tuesday, as we'll be looking at the Arrowverse crossover Elseworlds.
1: Yes, and I am solely contributing to the fact of. What it'll be like to see John Wesley Shipp dressed in the old-style Flash costume once again. All
0: right. uh, This was an auspicious start to boxing week. Jesus motherfucking Christ. Uh, Monday night is source material. It's it's Superman versus Muhammad Ali. That was a fun comic to discuss. Um, I give
1: you only one tidbit for that. I give you that if you look at the audience, and you might have even brought this up because I think I've told you in the past, but. If you look at the audience drawn on the cover of it, and the back cover, obviously, there are certain celebrities that Neil Adams drew who he had to do minor modifications to because celebrities wouldn't let their likenesses be shown in there for whatever reason. One of them being John Wayne. So if you look at the cover very closely, you will see someone who looks exactly like John Wayne, but with a mustache. Because Neil Adams had to do little things like that for people who wouldn't let their likeness be used. Yeah. And it's yet another reason why John Wayne sucks.
0: <laughs> uh, speaking of which, Robert Winfrey is taking Tuesday off, uh, as he does not want to cover a silly boxing movie. So myself, Ronnie Adams, and Jason Teasley will be doing a Damn You Hollywood review for Creed 2. The Metal Hammer of Doom will be reviewing my son's new favorite album, the Rocky Four soundtrack.
1: <coughs> Wait.
0: What? We're reviewing which part.
1: Well, say that again.
0: We'll on the Metal Hammer of Doom. We'll be reviewing my son's new favorite soundtrack, the Rocky 4 soundtrack.
1: Wait, how am I not in on that?
0: Uh, do you want to? Do you? Do you want to be on this week's Metal Hammer of Doom? You're in. That was easy.
1: Yeah, that's that's. Come on. That's, how am I not in on a show about the Rocky 4 soundtrack? Fair enough. Double and- or nothing.
0: You know, know, as as we've discussed offline, my son hates that song. But he loves Hearts on Fire. He can't get enough of it. Um, And then we end Boxing Week with uh, an on trial for Rocky IV, the movie that ended communism. The following week, celebrating Christmas a little early because of uh, Aquaman and Bumblebee coming out after this, we've got the Harley Quinn holiday special on source material. We've got uh, Jingle all, uh, On Trial for Jingle All the Way. We'll be reviewing the new Metal Church, uh, Damned If I Do, Damned If You Do, uh, on the Metal Hammer of Doom on December 12th. And then uh, oh, a couple of us guys are going to be getting together to discuss seasons one and two of Castlevania. Uh, this. <laughs> the Netflix uh, cartoon series. So that's all the plugs for now. We'll figure out when the next live commentary is if we do another one, because I feel like every time we do this, that's in some sort of chicanery. For Mr. Toxic Masculinity, the punchy pugilist, Pat Mullen, I'm your mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified Mr. Mark Rattledge. Thank you for joining us for tonight's TV Party Extra live commentary of Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. Be well, be safe, and behave.